This episode is sponsored by State Farm. You a small business owner looking for insurance that fits your needs and budget? Well, look no further than State Farm. State Farm agents are not just insurance providers. They're also small business owners who live and work right here in your community. They understand the unique challenges of running and protecting a small business. When it comes to small business insurance, State Farm knows what it takes. Create a plan that fits your needs and your budget. State Farm agents are ready to help you choose personalized policies that truly understand your business. Ensure your small business with a fellow small business owner. Talk to a State Farm agent today and get started on personalized small business insurance that fits your needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. This podcast is sponsored by Ramp. Are you the decision maker in your company? Consider this. For the first time in decades, there's a better option for a corporate card and spend management platform. Meet Ramp, the only corporate card and spend management system designed to help you spend less money so you can make more. Most corporate credit cards offer points as incentives, but those points amount to less than their worth in real cash value. Ramp's business cards offer you cash back, real money in your pocket. Plus, you control who spends what with each vendor. And Ramp software collects and verifies receipts automatically, which means you'll stop wasteful spending and close your books in hours instead of days. Businesses that use Ramp add up to 5% to their bottom line the first year. If you're a decision maker, adding Ramp could be one of the best decisions you've ever made. And now get $250 when you join Ramp for free. Just go to ramp.com slash easy. Ramp.com slash easy. R-A-M-P dot com slash easy. Currents issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members of DIC terms and conditions apply. Hey, this is Joe Crane, host of Veteran on the Move podcast. And when I'm not helping veterans transition to entrepreneurship, I'm stacking Benjamins. Live from Joe's mom's basement. It's the Stacking Benjamin Show. I'm Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug, and hello, America. Let me be the first to welcome you to Tax Day. It's the day every year where millions of Americans take out the eraser and search the internet for creative ways to write off their neighbor's dog. But we won't be doing that today because on today's show, we're going to talk about how to talk to your kids, and maybe some adults you're close to, about money and life. Joining us, we welcome best-selling author and mother of five, Connie Albers. Plus, if you're struggling with your taxes, we have some last-minute help from the bookkeeping artist herself, Catherine Pomerantz. But wait, there's more. We'll throw out the Haven Lifeline and help a listener with their money. We'll reach out to the mailbag for a question and save time for My Tax Day Trivia. And now, two guys who are only here to delay starting work on their own taxes, it's Joe and O-J-J-J-J-G. I think I'll start maybe around four this afternoon, five this afternoon. You and I both know that's fake news. Uh, We filed an extension in March. <laughs> Howdy, everybody. I am Joe Salci. I average Joe Money on Twitter. Welcome back to another week of fun here on the Stacky Benjamin Show. And it's the one week of the year, OG, that doesn't start off fun for a lot of people. Some people out there got to write a big check. And we're like the, our job is to remind them that. Hope and optimism. Yes. That there will Joy, be a tomorrow. There is likely to be a tomorrow. One with a lot less money in your bank account, but. 
the sun will rise. It's all going to be it's all going to be okay. And you know how I know that? I know that because I'm wearing a badass shirt today. Thanks to Proper Cloth for supporting Stacky Benjamins. Proper Cloth makes it easy for men to buy dress shirts to fit perfectly. And I mean, by the way, perfectly. Perfectly. Without setting foot in a store or paying a fortune. Get $20 off your first custom shirt at propercloth.com slash propercloth. Seriously, when it comes to Proper Cloth shirts, forget about the, I mean, don't get me wrong. Use our link. Tell them we sent you. Congratulations on the 20 bucks off. You just want to look good. And proper cloth is the way to do it. Also, thanks to Clear for supporting Stacky Benjamins. Clear uses your eyes and fingertips instead of traditional ID documents to get you through security way faster, way, way, way faster at airports. Save my bacon at so many airports. <laughs> at airport, maybe they heard you talking about them. Three minutes. I wouldn't doubt it. Three minutes. No joke. Three minutes from the door of the cab at LAX through security. Get your first two months of clear free going to clearme.com forward slash SB 2019. That's uh, clearme.com forward slash SB 2019 and using the promo code SB 2019. Well, we are now clear to get on with the podcast. How about that one, huh? We got some great headlines. The bookkeeping artist, Catherine Pomerantz is here, uh, best-selling author, mother of five. This woman wrote an amazing book about talking to your kids. And uh, even if you don't have kids, I think there's some huge lessons about communication. And if you don't think, by the way, money management's about communication, I think you need to think a little harder about that. But first we got a headline, so let's move. Hello, darlings. And now it's time for your favorite part of the show, our stacking Benjamin's headlines. Some people are already afraid of their tax bill. Let's scare you a little more. This comes to us from money.com. It's written by Sergei Klebnikov. How about this headline, OG? Americans will pay $122 billion in credit card interest this year. Do you think that number's up or down? Compared to what? Compared to last year? Five years ago. Oh, five years ago. Up. Up by how much? Uh, 12%. 50. 50% more than five years ago. That's a scary number. The piece says, with the economy booming, so too are America's credit card debts. Americans paid banks $113 billion in credit card interest during 2018, according to a new study from Magnified Money. That's up 12% from interest paid in 2017 and up by roughly half over the last five years. One big reason is that 10 years after the financial crisis, Americans finally feel confident enough to borrow more and total credit card debt recently reached a record high. But borrowers are also paying more on what they borrow as banks pass recent Federal Reserve rate hikes on to customers. Even without any additional rate hikes in 2019, Americans are going to spend $122 billion on credit card interest in 2019. That's almost $10 billion more than they did in 2018. Also, according to Magnify Money, the average APR on credit card accounts, that's risen nearly four percentage points over the last five years and now stands at 16.86, according to the Federal Reserve. So the average person paying 16.86 on $155 billion, I can do that math. I want in, OG. How do I get in on that? Exactly. A lot of money. 
It's so funny because people look at a 12% interest rate on a credit card based on the 16%. They're like, that's fantastic. What but, a bargain. But Dave Ramsey talks about 12% on a mutual fund that you can make. And every everybody goes, yeah, that's yeah, you can't do that. Which is probably true. You can't do that over long period. You shouldn't expect that. Let's put it that way. Maybe sure. you have done it. But if your expectation's 12%, that's horrible. So why do you think paying out 12% is a bargain. It's not a bargain. You are a cash, you're a guaranteed cash cow for a credit card company. It's incredible. Makes me want to start a bank. It totally does. Do you want to go in with me? Let's 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 see if we can't pull together enough money to start a bank. If I could Man, say, there's money in banking. Yeah, cuz if I could couple the words low 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 rate with We'll only charge you 9% interest. <laughs> this is it's such a bargain. <laughs> It's so sad. And by the way, it says in this piece, and, and I agree, you know, people think their job's going to be around for a while. They think that they're going to have money for a while. That gives them confidence. Why does more confidence translate to more borrowing? I don't know. Just, it is how it is. That's the slippery thing that you have to get rid of. You know, you just have to eventually get to the point where you go, I'm good. And when you can start capturing the goodness of the economy, whether that's manifesting in better stock returns or better employment or better bonuses or whatever, when you stop turning that into a monthly payment and start capturing those dollars or God forbid, paying off your debt, then you finally, you finally gotten to the point where you've made it. But yeah, lifestyle creep is a real thing. It's so exciting to switch from a borrower mentality, which is most everybody how do I borrow more so that I can live more today? And then that slowly eats up your future. So all you can think about is the so stuff paralyzing. that you, yeah. It's Ver- like death by a thousand paper cuts because, but because this is the thing it's like, well, you know, the payment on this is only like 180 bucks a month. So who cares? The, the car payment's only like 400 bucks a month. You know, that's not a big deal. The HELOC payment, you know, if we do the backyard remodel project, the, I mean, the HELOC's only like 600 bucks a month. If we get a little bit bigger mortgage, it's only like 2,500 bucks a month. And you start doing all the math and all those little bits of money. And all of a sudden you're going, holy crow, one of the people in my house is, is working solely to pay off all the crap we bought a long time ago. Like that's the only reason they exist. And uh, when you can free yourself from that, it really is empowering for a lot of reasons. You accumulate money like crazy, but more importantly, it just gives you the option to do different stuff. Yeah, I love this idea of being on the attack, being able to take the next dollar I earn and say, what does that go toward? What things can I invest in? How can I help my family, help humanity, help myself, whatever it might be, shore up my future? So much more exciting than saying, how do I put another payment on that cheeseburger I bought 12 years ago that I'm still financing? It was good, though. It's a good cheeseburger. 12 years delicious. Well, if you live anywhere except for two states, today's the day. You got to file your taxes today. And in our second headline, you know what? We don't even have a piece. We just have the person who is our our expert. Catherine Pomerantz is here with me. How are you? I am great. It's good to be back in the basement. And uh, I was here at the beginning of tax season. I got to round out the end. I'm flattered. When you're working as a bookkeeping artist for people, or is it artiste? I don't know. I'm kidding. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not that pretentious. No, not, no. But when you're helping people and they've come down here to the last minute and they haven't filed yet, are there any last minute things people might be able to do to wring a little bit more money back? 
Well, the very first thing is I look at, well, do you have any savings? Have you maxed out your retirement accounts? And will you be able to pay on time? If you have some cash right now, that's the best way to avoid paying too much. It's like, okay, time to dump it into some tax advantage savings accounts. Let's really, really maximize that. If you can't pay all that, if you can't do that and pay all the taxes off, then we got to get into the, okay, how do we mitigate the damage? So if you come into me, honestly, and you don't have taxes filed and you don't have good savings, that becomes a bigger mess, but there's still things you can do. People talk about, you know, Roth IRAs quite a bit, but, but in this case, Roth IRA won't help you, right? I mean, you'd have to go traditional to have it help you on this year's taxes. Yeah, that's a great clarification. When I say tax advantage savings accounts, I'm talking traditional IRAs, maybe a SEP IRA. I mean, is it still, can you still dump into your 401k through work, things like that? Yeah, and I would guess 401k would be impossible unless somehow they can backdate it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Since it's the day of, your best bet is to go and open a traditional IRA account or fill the one you already have. Now, traditional IRAs, those are subject to income limitations, correct? They are, unless you don't have a retirement option through your employer or at work, then you can always go and open an IRA. In past years, I know we've looked at maybe itemized deductions you could take that you might have forgotten about. For a lot of people, it seems like those have gone away. They have. If you used to itemize on a Schedule A because you had unreimbursed expenses through your like through your work, through your employer, those have disappeared. So at that point, oh, uh, hopefully you got a good side hustle and you can take some more business deductions. <laughs> Well, and, and let me ask about that. If somebody can itemize, what are the opportunities? Are there a couple still left? There are. You can still itemize medical and health expenses. You can still itemize charitable contributions, things like that, that are truly personal and have never been done through work. Those are still available to you. Yeah. And once again, that that's only if you're the small percentage of people that can still itemize because the number's much higher to even get there to meet the standard withholding number. Mm -hmm. uh, businesses, let's say I've got a business and I go, oh my goodness, I've done nothing there. That's really in your wheelhouse, Catherine, I know. Yeah, it is. If you've done nothing there, I'm going to file an extension for you right away. <laughs> in honesty, there's going to be a lot more work we need to do to get you going, to get your bookkeeping up to date. The main advantage of filing a tax extension, you may not avoid all the penalties and fees for filing late, but the main advantage is that extra six months to reduce your taxable income. And when you're a business, finding every deduction possible, getting all of the appropriate tax credits, getting yourself organized is the absolute best thing you can do. If you can itemize, finding a good strategist and a good bookkeeper who can really help you sort through all that stuff, that is going to still be the best play no matter what. Let's talk about if I can't file. You mentioned an extension that I file. Do I just file that form and I'm done? How does it work? Yeah, actually, it can be that simple. And there are different forms depending on the type of extension you need to file. But most of the time, you can just go to the IRS free file, just hit submit, and you're good to go. You can also, though, print out the right form, fill it out. It usually only takes a couple of minutes and mail it as long as the postage date is by the due date, then you're good to go and you can get that six months to finish your tax form. Now, 
Again, an extension to file is not an extension to pay. That's a very common misconception. There are, there are actually three different types of fees and penalties that can be leveraged against you if you have unpaid taxes. You can't avoid all of them. You will always owe interest on unpaid tax amounts. So if you are going to file an extension, also, if you can, send in a payment, even if that number will get adjusted with the actual form, send in your best estimate. You can do that through the direct pay if you're an individual with the IRS. So it can literally all be done today on the 15th. File your extension, send a direct payment. You covered yourself pretty well. Nice. So there's there's a there's a failure to file penalty. There's a failure to pay. You said yeah. interest and penalties. What's the third one? Just general interest. So oh, the gotcha. Very first yeah. Thing is, yeah. Well, yeah, it's going to be interest. Because if you owe taxes to the government, they're like, oh, no problem. We've now loaned you that amount and you now owe interest on that loan. Then there's the failure to pay penalty. Then there's the failure to file penalty and they stack. The highest one is the failure to file penalty. That's 5% interest plus everything else. So please, 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 please file a tax extension, even if you can't avoid the other two. Oh, that's fun. Uh, Fun meaning not fun. No, not fun at all. (laughs) If I can't pay, if I can't pay as much as I think I owe, what do I do then? There's a couple of different options. You can actually ask for an installment plan from the IRS, which will reduce that failure to pay penalty down to a quarter percent. That gives you a little bit of time, a little bit of leeway. Now, you're still going to owe interest. You're still going to owe a little bit of the failure to pay penalty, but that gives you a little bit of wiggle room. There are other options that may be better, though. Uh, I know some very clever people who knew they could pay it off, not right away, but soon, within a year. And they went out and found like a 0% intro rate to a credit card, put it all on the credit card and paid it off. I mean, I don't recommend that generally, but there's a lot of clever things you can do. And you do have to kind of balance, okay, this is what the IRS will charge me. Maybe I can get a personal loan for less rate. Maybe I can take advantage of some sort of credit card offer that gives me the time I need to make all the total payments. You actually do also avoid the failure to pay penalty if you can pay 90% of your taxes owed with the caveat that you'll pay the remaining 10% by the extension deadline. So you've got six months to pay off the total amount. There's one other way to avoid it, actually, because it's the IRS. They can never make things too, too easy. If you have reasonable cause, if if you can demonstrate reasonable cause for failure to file or failure to pay, they will waive those penalties. Um, The best way to do that actually is to make your estimated tax payments. If you make estimated tax payments and then still owe money, as long as you paid 100% of what you owed last year, then you've avoided that fee. Awesome. And uh, if people want more, you're always available at bookkeepingartist.com. Yes, I am always available there. Awesome. Catherine Pomerantz, thanks for helping us here on Tax Day. Happy Tax Day to you, by the way. It's got to mean you get to sleep in tomorrow. Thank you. I want to say happy tax to everybody listening, everybody that works in the finance industry. We just worked real hard. In just a second, we'll have our takeaways. But I got to tell you that if you want everything to go well, it starts off with feeling great about yourself, OG. And when your clothes fit well, everything in life seems to go well. You're going to ace the interview, the date, whatever. I got to tell you, I am wearing this proper cloth shirt and holy moly, as mom says, just a fantastic fit. And the whole process of buying a shirt, Proper Cloth makes it super easy for men to buy dress shirts that fit perfectly without setting foot in a store, paying a fortune. 
And while most tailored shirts take months to ship, Proper Cloth delivers your custom clothes in less than two weeks. Here's what happened. I ordered two shirts. They sent me the first one to make sure that it fit. It fit great out of the box. So I'm clicking over to the, I didn't read any of the instructions because who's got time for that, right? The instructions said, before you do anything, wash this shirt because it's going to change after you wash it. So I get the shirt, I wash the shirt and it still fits great. Only once they're satisfied that I'm satisfied, does the second completely tailored shirt come. Now, for me, it happened to actually be my size and fit great. But if I did have a change, I'm not going to get a second shirt that's based on the wrong criteria. Here's how it worked. I went to propercloth.com forward slash SB, answer a few short questions. You get the perfect shirt for your body thanks to their custom size prediction technology. GQ sums up proper cloth properly. You could get a dress shirt and have a tailor, but why not buy one that's made to measure from the comfort of your couch, or in this case, the comfort of our basement. Plus, they offer the perfect fit guarantee, giving you a free remake. The shirt doesn't fit the way you want it. But it isn't even going to come to that because they're so good about making sure that it fits before they send you other shirts. It's been great. And I'm so happy we're working with them now on the show. So you'll get $20 off your first custom shirt at propercloth.com slash SB. Head to propercloth.com slash SB for $20 off your great looking next shirts. Man, I think that's the important thing there, OG. Make sure you file. At the very least, file and pay the tax due today so that you don't run into those problems. Got to pay the piper. Sadly. And uh, I think our other takeaway is uh, in credit card debt, let's pay that stuff. Pay it off now. And get rid of the debtor mentality so you can become part of the fun crew, those that have an investor mentality. Well, Connie Albers is somebody I've known for a long time and with summer vacation, OG, right around the corner dealing with teenagers. If you think about dealing with tough groups of people, dealing with teenagers might be the most difficult group of all. And not because teenagers are necessarily difficult all the time. It's just there's so much change, so many expectations, trying to become an adult. So if you want to be good at communication, learning to communicate with teenagers is uh, is a huge part of that. And somebody who's an expert in that area She not only raised five teenagers, I think I'm going to talk to her about a university that all of her kids went to has done videos about their family. She put five kids through school. Those kids save for most of college, if not all of college themselves. And they also all went through college with no debt. How do you create relationships with kids that are like that? We'll talk about it. Connie Albers coming down to the basement. And coming down the stairs to the basement, it's our good friend, Connie Albers. How are you? Hey, I'm doing great. I had a good visit with your mom. It was awesome. Well, anytime that someone like you can put in good words about me with mom, that's very appreciated, Connie. 
Well, absolutely. Don't we all need that? I mean, our parents need to hear some good things about us. Well, you, you, you've been there. How, how many kids do you have? A lot. I have five kids. <laughs> a lot. A litter. I have, I have two, but you successfully navigated uh, high school uh, years and teenage years with all of them. Yeah, I did. Actually, I often talk about the murky, mysterious, marvelous middle school years. I'm not sure those might have been harder than the, the, the actual teen years. <laughs> seriously, seriously, those were the worst years for me. For me personally, I'd, I couldn't stand junior high. It was horrible. <sighs> You know, partly because our bodies are transitioning. So we look in the mirror and we see what should be there that isn't there, yeah. or we see what's there that shouldn't be there. You know, those, the breakouts and the things like that. And these kids are constantly comparing themselves to what they see in society or on Facebook or Snapchat or Instagram, any other place that they're happening to visit. So it does make it actually harder for them because the ability to compare is is greater than it used to be. Well, yeah, I was an emotional roller coaster. I had zits on days I didn't want to have zits. Uh, <laughs> it was it was horrible. I wanted to ask you. You wrote something, and I want to kick off with this though. Today's parents experience increased fear and doubts. You say, yeah. why? Yeah, I- Afraid they're going to ruin their child. Fear of what the culture is doing. Fear of the impact that the culture is having on their child. Fear of technology. And it's not really technology. It's the impact of cyberbullying, the impact that their peers are having that they have absolutely no control or say. And many parents don't even know about it. So that's why I talk about fear and starving that fear. It's really important that we identify where the fear is coming from. And then we start to hone in on that, guard our own self, manage our own expectations, and then tackle that fear head on. And that is by telling yourself the truth and really working hard toward uh, communicating with your child. You say a lot of that communicating is remembering back to the days when you were a kid and, uh, and, and I think a lot of us do forget that, don't we? What it was yeah, like we when do. we were a teenager. What, what, yeah. what was different then that teenagers need from us? It's not really that there's a difference that they need from us, but what they do need is for us to adjust in our parenting. I mean, there needs to be heard, to be seen, to be loved, to be nurtured, to be guided. Their need to uh, allow the parent, for the parents to allow the child to transition from child to adult. And to remember, that's really a season of transition. Hormonally, our children are changing. Um, the whole, these are the rules of the house and you obey them, period, doesn't work anymore. As our children are start, uh, start to change, we have to adjust. That is something that I guess is different, Joe, than when we were younger. It was, hey, these are the rules, follow them or else. And today it's like, no, that doesn't work. We're working on building a relationship and the parenting style needs to change. And the way we adjust our parenting style is really based on the needs of our child. I mean, you know, you and I were probably very different children and our needs were different. And if you, you know, you're two kids, I bet they're not the same, are they? What's funny is they're twins and they couldn't be more different. Right. And I have five and my five are very different. I have the, the engineer left brain logical child. And then I have an artistic who had to see and experience and feel everything. Um, I also had a child who's really sensitive. So all I had to do was look at that child and immediately they would just melt into a puddle of, I'm so sorry. And other children would be like, Hey, 
your rules, your ideas, what you want me to do. That's just a mere suggestion. So that's why I have had so much practice in pivoting. So I, I say, let's master the art of the pivot as a parent. And every time our children starts to change, which is daily, and sometimes, you know, they go to bed happy and they wake up the next morning and you're like, whoa, what happened to my child? And you're, and you'll, you'll say to them, you were so happy last night. What happened this morning? And they're like, I don't even know. And they don't know. I mean, the, the fact is their brain circuitry is changing. Hormonally, they're changing. They may be experiencing some cultural peer pressure that you're not even aware of. You know, one of the things that I've done in my research is realize these kids are expected to answer a text in 1.5 seconds. Holy cow. All right. Mom and dad, we don't realize that. We just think, hey, we're adults, right? And we'll call them back later. Mm-mm. Your team is required and it's like instant, be on call 24-7, which is why so often you'll go in your child's room and you'll see the light, you know, that white light yes. illuminating from under the sheet. And they're like, I'm reading. No, you're not reading. <laughs> you're you're reading your text messages because they're expected to be available. And FOMO kicks in so um, strong during the middle and high school years. As a parent, it seems like then that requires some pretty deep listening is what I'm hearing from you. Absolutely. Boy, not only listening to the words they're saying, but listen to the meaning behind the words. There's a book that I really liked a long time ago. I read it's called It's Not What You Say, It's What They Hear by Frank Luntz. And, you know, he's a political guy. But one thing he has mastered is listening to the conversation that's not being said. And I say to parents, listen to what they're not saying. Listen to the comments that they make about another child or friend. And just tuck it away and later ask about it. So, you know, I heard you mention about so-and-so. What, what's going on with them? Are they okay? Not, not accusatory, but just with a genuine desire to say, I care about you. I want to hear what you're saying. And I promise I will not let my, my eyeballs, you know, pop out when you say or do something that I don't like or agree with. But listening is key listening to what they say and the meaning behind it, because they are wanting to talk to somebody. Why not make that you? Let's take that specific example, Connie, that you use, and I'll use Nick and Autumn, my two kids, as examples. Even at 23 today, they're, they're young professionals, they're adults. If I said to my son, hey, what about this thing? My son would say, I don't know. <laughs> basically telling me that we're on a need to know basis and I don't need to know. And and my daughter will pour out everything all at one time. Yeah. I'm not that worried then about my communication with my daughter in this case, because I think that she's, she is, uh, she is such a small filter that I'm probably getting far more than I really want to know, <laughs> but I am worried, but I'm worried about my son bottling it up. Right. Yeah. And I know a yeah. lot of parents worry about kids kind of pulling away. And you even say in your book, you say that kids need a little more time. They, they need a little bit more of your time. What if your kid's kind of pulling away and doesn't really want to give you that time? That's a great question. You know, basically that comes with knowing your child. So when you said what's really important in listening, I would also add to that observing. Are they starting to pull away from you? Are they pulling away because they just naturally need space? Some, some kids need space. They can solve their own problems. They don't need you to fix it. They just want you to be available when they run into a roadblock or an obstacle that they just can't figure out how to solve. 
do they need space or is something going on inside of them? And you need to get them in an environment where they feel comfortable opening up one little layer of an onion at a time. And that comes by, hey, you know, I just want you to know I can see some things must are kind of you're being quiet or standoffish. And I want you to know I'm there for you. If you want to talk, I'm here. You just let me know and we can go you know, for a walk. We can go for a car ride. I love car rides. Teens are amazing when you are driving the car or when it's time to go to bed, because there's something about not being able to see your face react when they say something or they bare their soul. Um, and, you know, you're just driving. And you're like, oh, please don't let anything twitch on my face. <laughs> but when that child is not communicating with you, go for the why. Start really doing some reflection. Is it something you're saying or doing that's causing them to not trust you to be safe with that insecurity, that doubt, that fear that they have? Or are they trying to mull it over and fix it on them on their own? I mean, we definitely want our children to grow up and be able to solve their problems without always calling mom. However, there are some kids and we do want them to contact us and chat with us beyond, which is why I talk about beyond the rules means I want parents to get a vision of what their life could be like with their child when they're like our kids ages. They don't have to call us anymore. You know, they don't even have to show up for Thanksgiving except for the guilt that we could put on them. But we don't want to do that. We want them to say, hey, when's Thanksgiving dinner? Right. We don't want them to feel guilt, guilted or shamed for not doing that. But that starts with creating a culture of belonging. Our kids have to know they belong. They have to know that their identity is found within the family unit, not within their peer, their peer group. Friends are great. Friends are fine. And we have lots of them. But their identity, the core of where they fit in is within our family. And they have to feel safe. Once they feel safe, they start knowing that they can approach you with the hard subjects. So like your son, maybe he doesn't want to talk to you right now. But enter that space and be willing to say to him, I'm here. If you want to talk about it, if you're struggling with, you know, how you're going to handle something, you just need somebody to bounce off a couple of ideas. Notice that you are saying, I'm not telling you how to fix your problem. I'm just here to, you know, guide, coach, give you some ideas, maybe save you from a few stumbles. But ultimately, you know, you're growing up and this is normal. It's funny. I found with with Nick, especially even today, the key is, is to talk about inconsequential things together as much as possible. If mm -hmm. we talk about baseball teams, we talk about sports that we both like, we talk about all kinds of stuff after maybe five of those conversations to your point about being available, yeah. then, then the thing will come out. You know, <laughs> it, it, if, if you ask him at the beginning, it doesn't come out. But if yeah. you cover five topics that have nothing to do with his personal life first, then it comes out. So, so yeah. Yeah, I, I didn't mean to interrupt you. Sorry about that. No, that's all right. I just think I just think you're right on with this. It's got to be a safe space. I mean, I don't think mm -hmm. as parents we think enough about that, that that it's got to be this. This is our inner circle. This is our little team. Yeah, we are a team. And together we're going to finish this journey well and we're going to do it together. That's the beautiful part of what I've tried to address in Parenting Beyond the Rules. You know, Joe, we are so great as parents of putting limits and boundaries and rules. I mean, they keep our family kind of going forward until they start pushing back on those rules. And we're like, what? And, and they're like, I want more freedom. And you're like, what? I can't give you more freedom because, you know, who knows what you might do with it? They might stumble. They might. 
But you know what? They might not. And when freedom is freedom is granted, like my, my son used to say to me all the time, Connie, mom, I just I just I need more freedom. I'm like, OK, well, how will you handle that freedom? Well, sometimes you have to give it to them and then then not manage it well for them to realize I'm not quite ready yet. You have to pull back a little bit. But during the, the adult, the training time, the transition period, we have it's a constant, delicate balance of letting out the freedom and then pulling it back in and waiting for them to be ready. But telling them, you know what, I'd be happy to do this. Let's wait a few months and let's try again. Maybe you will understand or maybe you will kind of see how to think through the consequences of that great idea that you just had to go, you know, climb on top of a high a rooftop and dangle your legs over the building. Maybe that wasn't such a smart idea. <laughs> but I like this idea of of letting your kids fail a little bit because you know, if you don't let them fail now, they're going to get to college or out of high school or wherever they are, someplace where you're not, and then they're going to fail big and you're not there as a support system anymore. Oh my goodness. That is so true. They go berserk. If, yeah. if they don't have the opportunity to struggle and wrestle and fail within the confines and the safety of your home, when they're out totally on their own, there isn't a fallback. That safety net that they so badly needed is removed. And the consequences can be long term. They could, they can, they can certainly have ramifications that will haunt them the rest of their life. And I think, I mean, they can still have that. So I'm not saying we're going to get this all perfect. Some of your children are still going to stumble into adulthood. They're going to like fall into adulthood. But as long as they know, Joe, that I'm here, we're here, we're a family. You stumble and fall, we're all going to stumble, but we're all going to get back up together. Here's my hand. Let me help you get back up, dust off, and then head back out there. This is a great time for this conversation with summer vacation coming for, for kids all around the United States or you know anywhere in North America and elsewhere. The two questions I have left, I want to talk about the difficult discussions Sex, drugs, and rock and roll. <laughs> uh, those See, are, not much changed, right? <laughs> I know. But, but as you know, it's all changed. But because, because as you say in your book, you've got this kid that I think the kid goes to a new school and immediately, and it's this uh, parochial school, I think it's a Christian school. And so the mom thinks that, that, that the child's in a safe place. And one of the first questions a new friend asks is, are you a virgin? Yeah, <laughs> that's a true story. <laughs> and she was absolutely freaked out. She's like, What? Um, there isn't a safe place to, quote, send your child. And that's what we have to realize is we're sending them out into the world to learn how to stand for what the values and the convictions that each family has. So the things that you've taught your children, you want them to be go out, go out into the world and be able to navigate it and stand for them their own. But it is a very different culture. Those tough topics like we I, I also talk about in the book when your child is struggling with certain things or they're confronted with certain things like bullying, only one out of 10 children are going to tell their parents if they've been bullied. That's a staggering number, which means nine of those children out of 10 are trying to figure out how do I handle this? They don't say anything because they're afraid we're going to take away their devices. We're going to rip them out of the school because they might get into something. We can't have a knee-jerk reaction. We have to let them know we're there. We're going to come alongside them. That's the biggest thing. We're not running before them. We're not trying to pave the way. We're not trying to live our life through them. We're just going to come alongside them to give them a little added strength 
until they can completely stand and run on their own. I think strategically that's phenomenal. Tactically, then, what do I, how do I approach that? Do I approach sex and drugs and alcohol and those things early and often? Do I talk about them when my child brings them up? When do I approach those topics? It depends on the child. I'm trying to get parents to realize is some children you want to talk about it early and often and some children that you can clearly see there's just not an interest there. They will actually come to you and say, hey, you know, I, I stumbled into something. I was watching some YouTube videos and something popped up and I need to tell you about it. That comes back to our other conversation about being available. If they know that they're not second. And that doesn't mean that nothing, that we can't pursue anything else because clearly we all have very busy lives. But when they know that we are available, when the tough topics come tactically, they know that if I come to mom and dad, I'm going to get support and answers and not knee-jerk reactions of acute accusation of why would you do that? Or why did you do that? Or, you know, you know better than that. I've been teaching this since you were a child. Sometimes your children stumble in things. Sometimes they see things at the cousin's house, at the grandparents' house, at the school, at the basketball game, and somebody just talks about something that piques their curiosity in an unusual way, whether that is sex, whether that is drugs, whether that is, you know, smoking or vaping. Vaping's huge among teens because that's been sold as, oh, that's safe. Well, we know that, but they don't. They just think it's better than the other. Um, so tactically, again, it's it's being careful with and being very slow to speak when something does come open. But if you see that they're clicking around, if you see behavioral, like changes in their behavior, changes in their personality, that is a cue to mom and dad that something's going on and I need to invest a little bit more of my time to get to the why. Why are they changing? What are they facing? And how can I help them? This is a financial show and there's people listening right now on their device going, what are you going to talk about money? And yeah. what's, well, what's funny <laughs> is, is that all these things really surround, I mean, having a household where people are good with money, I think is all around these communication skills. So I think that <laughs> tactically and strategically, all the things we said lead to good money discussions, but let's talk about those trusting yeah. your kids with money, sending them out into the world with money. How's a parent do that? Well, Connie. Well, it starts early. That actually starts early. And that starts by doing jobs within the home. I always told the kids, you practice your skill in the home. So what does that look like? That means weeding the yard, mowing the yard, cleaning, doing whatever chores and responsibilities they're doing, getting proficient at doing something and becoming skilled at it. It could be helping you on your podcast. It could be, you know, helping mom and if, if she's got a business, helping mom with her business. Maybe she's got an e-commerce business. And it's talking about how do we utilize the skills that we have by discovering what we're good at and then giving them an opportunity to earn income through it. It is a mindset shift in our culture where our children are handed everything. They're not entitled to anything. You know, we don't buy our kids the cars. We don't buy their way into things. We help them learn what it is you want and then how they can earn money to get it. So it could be a part-time job. It could be working for grandma and grandpa. So that part starts young. Middle school, again, it starts in the, with the neighbors. Maybe it's doing some things for the neighbors. Maybe it's doing some things for people in the community, an organization that they're involved with, volunteering and learning some business skills through volunteering that they can then use to um, earn money when they get like 15, 16 years old. Getting a mindset of one, because we, you and I've talked about this before, Joe, my kids 
all attended college, right? They went to college. They graduated from college with zero college prepaid money, zero student loans, and no debt. All five. We had kids in college for 11 consecutive years. That's, as you know, and any parent that is facing that idea of going to college, that's an expensive proposition. But when you start young that, hey, everything costs money. How do we, how do we save? How do we look for the best deals? How do we find inexpensive ways to accomplish the goals that we want to accomplish? And then put it on ledgers, put it on spreadsheets. Numbers don't lie. Numbers don't lie. So if they want something, put it on paper, show them how they can earn away, and then they will start to adopt that. And they won't expect mom and dad to kind of like fork out all of our savings so that they can have the life they want, the yeah. you know latest gadgets they want. The book is Parenting Beyond the Rules, Raising Teens with Confidence and Joy. Connie, where can we get it? You can get it in bookstores like Barnes & Noble, Target, Walmart, Amazon, pretty much anywhere major retailers sell the book. That's where you can purchase it. We're just really excited because this is written by a mom, for parents that are in the trenches of parenting teens and they want to enjoy a relationship way beyond the 18 mark. It's like a day-by-day guide. And I keep wondering, <laughs> where were you when my kids were, were 15, 14? I was in the trenches trying to I figure know. it out. <laughs> well, you did, a, you did a great job of figuring it out. By the way, I think, and correct me if I'm wrong, your kids all went to the same college, didn't they? They did. And actually, the university was so impressed that they had gone to that university. They did a video clip and called us the family of night. Yes. So fun. <laughs> is, is that still available? It is on YouTube. You know what? Yeah. We're, we're going to have that in our show notes. You can see Connie and her, her family. And it's such a cool video. It's so awesome that they, <laughs> they even market you. How great's that? Who knew? <laughs> <laughs> Connie Albers, thanks for hanging out with us for a few minutes. Thanks, Joe. Glad to be with you. Hey there, trivia fans. I'm Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug, and welcome to my trivia. I'm just trying to finish off my taxes, but because this software is like incomprehensible, what the hell is a download? What's that got to do with my taxes? I'm just going to do it by hand. Seriously, this is probably going to take too long, and I'm just going to get a penalty. I'm just just got to resign myself to that. I should have started earlier, but who knew that Joe and OG didn't owe me any tax documents because it turns out I'm not really an employee. Well, never mind that. Let's get to your trivia, shall we? If I really wanted to procrastinate on my taxes, which two states could I move to? Because their taxes apparently aren't due until the 17th this year. I'll be back with the answer and maybe a suitcase to get packing in just a moment. Well, OG talks about these guys all the time, and maybe that's why they're sponsoring the show. We're so excited to be working with Clear. Clear uses your eyes and fingertips instead of traditional ID documents to get you through security faster at airports or at stadiums. You'll get through security with a tap of your fingers so you can get to your gate faster, reduce pre-flight stress, or actually, in OG's case, actually make your plane. I know, though, when we were out west... And he has clear and I had pre-check. He's always at the gate waiting for me because uh, I made him go to the airport early, which, which drives OG nuts. Clear replaces the need for physical ID cards using your eyes and fingertips to get you through security because you're the best ID out there. You are your ID with clear. 
It's super easy to sign up. You create your account online before going to the airport. Once you get to the airport, a Clear Ambassador helps you finish the process. Then you can immediately, right away, use Clear. It gives you access at stadiums and airports, gets you through security faster at 40-plus airports and stadiums across the country, more being added every day. And there's family plans. If you're traveling with your family, listen to this. You can add up to three adult family members at a discounted rate, and kids under 18, they're free. So if you're tired of just hearing OG brag about how quickly he gets through security and how easy travel is for him, it can be easy for you too. Right now, stackers get their first two months of clear for free by going to clearme.com slash SB2019 using promo code SB2019. That's C-L-E-A-R-M-E dot com slash SB2019 with promo code SB2019 for your free two months of clear. Hey there, trivia fans. I'm Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug, and the math on these forms is horrible. Just horrible. Joe's mom isn't any help either. She told me I have to carry a three. Carry the three? Where am I taking it? Upstairs? How's that going to help? How do I get the three off the page in the first place to even carry it? It's so confusing. No wonder 64% of Americans make up tax stats right on the spot. But there is good news. I do have the answer to your trivia question, which was this. What two states don't have taxes due until the 17th this year? If you said Massachusetts, all right, that was an easy one, and Maine, you'd be correct, wouldn't you? Know what that means? Time to carry this podcast on to the next segment. Haven Lifeline time, kids. See ya. Where'd you come up with Oklahoma? You asked me to guess two states. I just literally picked two disparate states. Literally threw a dart. (laughs) You listen to that, OG, with kids um, not that far from becoming teenagers. A little worried? I was going to say the, um, I would see that preteen probably outranks teenager in terms of how hard it is to communicate. (laughs) Yeah. You think so, because if, wait till you get to teenager. Wait, yeah. After you see the full spectrum, you look back and go, y- y- yes, yeah. Maybe 13, 13, 14, most difficult. Uh, okay. And it depends on how those years go, because, you know, 17, 18 could be hell or could be fantastic. I think by the time I got to 17, 18, my relationship with my parents was starting to gel again. It had nothing to do with me, by the way. Totally my parents. My parents started eating stuff when I became a teenager that made them just idiots. And then by the time they became 17, I could see they changed their habits and uh, started to get some brains back. And maybe by the time I was 22, mom was a mom was a genius again. (laughs) Yay for better nutrition, I guess, after I was a teenager. But these, these difficult conversations, investing more time to, to them, I think this idea that w- when things are difficult, we spend less time around those people uh, instead of more because we don't know how to handle it right. Deciding to invest more time, I think, is a key takeaway there. Brings me back to that article that I read, The Wait But Why, about how much time you have with your parents by the time you turn 18. I kind of flipped that on its head and thought about how much time I have my, with my kids before they turn 18 spend relative it. to all the rest of the time that I have with them the rest of their life or my life, uh, which is why we have kind of our special trips every year with the kids just to, just to have a format for that. And whether that's a conversation about money or family or 
girls who knows what these are going to be about, you know, in the future, but, um, have a platform to have a discussion about whatever it is, is, uh, well, never, like can never be bad. Yeah, like Connie said, just as a reminder that this is our team. This is our this is our group. This is your inner circle. It's uh, got to have a place. It's home. Hey, let's throw out the Avon Lifeline and tackle some of life's most important questions. We just got done with a lot of important questions, but we're going to do another one. Our friends at Haven Life Insurance Agency, they put what you value first. We went to you and asked you what you value first. And uh, Spencer says money and power. Isn't that what this podcast is all about? Well, hello, money and power. Cha. World domination, he says, is a close third. Nice job, Spencer. It actually is your family and your time, but uh, we'll we'll put world domination on there as well. If you're trying to have money and power, you can spend less money and celebrate your power with a nice life insurance policy from Haven Life. It's why they made buying quality term life insurance actually simple. Head to stackybenjamins.com forward slash Haven Life now to get a free quote. That's stackybenjamins.com forward slash Haven Life. And today on the Haven Lifeline, we're throwing it out to Sebastian. Say hi, Sebastian. Hello, my name is Sebastian. I'm from New Orleans, Louisiana. Just getting over this Super Bowl. I'm glad it's over with, ready to move on to new things. Speaking of new things, my wife and I had a baby last year and already looking towards uh, his college future. So what I was calling about was to decide which route to take. Um, I could go with the Start 529 program for Louisiana where they offer a 2% match. Or I could go with the Betterment account where I guess they take a quarter of a percent out, but they manage all your accounts based off of your aggression level. Or I could go with another suggestion from a financial advisor is go through an IRA. And they would actively manage the account where I guess they would take about a percent, percent and a half. So I'd like to hear your advice and I hope to learn something. Thank you. Hey, thanks, Sebastian. And uh, man, I think if you live in New Orleans, you're still hurting on that Super Bowl. The Super Bowl that never was. I was going to say, uh, it's not the Super Bowl that you had to be worried about. It's the <laughs> NFC Championship. I think that was probably the point he was making. Yeah. Uh, but what do you think there? So he gives us a few choices. The Louisiana 529 plan, Betterment, uh, put the money in IRA. These are all three completely different ideas. These aren't even remotely close to the same thing. Uh, one is a 529, a plan specifically designed for paying for college costs. One is a good old-fashioned brokerage account that can do whatever you want to do with it. And one is a retirement type account. Now, I don't understand with a Roth, you can take money out for college potentially down the line, but I don't know why I would cross-pollinate the different platforms for this goal of college costs. I mean, to fully fund a four-year education on average, you need to start saving about $400 a month from the time that your baby is born until he or she turns 22. Most people are not doing that because it's a lot of money. So I always like to have about half. If you can have half to three quarters of your college costs or whatever you're going to pay for in a 529, that's a great place because it's tax-free forever. Add to the fact that you said that Louisiana, I'm not familiar with it, but you said they give you a 2% match. My goodness, must be nice to live in Louisiana. I guess uh, maybe funded by the NFL. 
they felt so bad they just gave some money to the coffers or something. But uh, could be. Uh, I doubt maybe. it. It could be. So I, I would keep my retirement plan separate from my college plan. And if you want to save money into a college plan, I don't know why you would give up free money. So if somebody wants to give you 2% match, I would do that up to the maximum that they would let me do that because that's free. Uh, if you want to have a betterment account for some other investing, that's fine too. I have my own opinions about that. If you want to have a Roth IRA for your retirement plan, that's fine. But, uh, uh, but I would separate these different accounts and go with the 529, start saving as much as you can, and and uh, but no more than $400 a month. The first place I went to, Sebastian, when you asked your question was a place that OG really likes called savingforcollege.com. And when I uh, clicked on Louisiana and looked at that start saving program, uh, they rate the Louisiana plan four and a half out of five stars. And the reason I did that is because that's not your only choice when it comes to 529 plans. You can use plans in many states, in most states. So 529 plans are pretty competitive. You could use a plan like uh, the You Promise plan, which uses Vanguard funds. And also you can hook up your debit card and credit card to earn even more points. You could use like the T-Roll price plan in Alaska or the Fidelity plan in New Hampshire. Whatever plan you want, there are uh, lots of different choices there. So I wanted to see if your state's plan is any good. It turns out their rating is four and a half out of five stars. Their fee score is five out of five. And the returns are uh, three and a half out of five historically. When we take a look at who manages those funds, it is Vanguard funds on the inside, which historically, once again, known for low cost and decent, if not stellar results. So uh, fees of five out of five, performance three and a half out of five. Good choice there. And a resource I like, uh, savingforcollege.com is a nice uh, free place. Thanks for the question there. Uh, We also get letters down here in the basement. And uh, Doug just gave me this letter from Tom. Tom says, hello, basement dwellers. I've been listening for about three months now. Stacky Benjamins is the first time I've enjoyed learning about finance. (laughs) The first time he's actually enjoyed it. So major props to you all. I have about 13,000 in debt. One credit card has $1,300 at 17% interest. Another card has 1000 at 10% interest. What a deal. And the rest is financing for a car. Says he recently started using the app Albert for automatic savings from his bank account. Looks at his spending habits and auto withdrawals, 20 to $100 per week based on those habits. When bills are coming out and when he's getting paid next. I've also started, he says, using Acorns, which uses roundups from card purchases and $20 auto drafts from my account. I hate having money to pay off on my cards and want to get them paid off as soon as possible. As for my car, I am okay with writing out the payments until they're done or getting them done a little early. My question is, should I stop sending money to Albert and Acorn until I pay off my credit cards? Or should I continue to do that and use the remaining money in my paycheck, throw at the cards? Excited to hear what you have to say. Thank you for your help and for the podcast. Well, thanks to you, Tom, for the question. What do you think, OG? Should he uh, stop saving and just double down on the cards? Absolutely. My goodness, you're paying 17% interest or 10% interest. That's ridiculous. Pay off your stupid credit card debt. I'd say absolutely not. Because if you don't have an emergency fund, you got to go right back into debt. So I 
I wouldn't. I might stop the acorns because the acorns are invested in the market and you can't get that money in case mm-hmm. you have an emergency. But I build that emergency fund at least a little bit first. Did he say how much his emergency fund is already? He didn't say that he had one. Oh, well, I, I guess I'm assuming that there's a few bucks there. I amend my statement. If there's zero in cash, yes, get a little bit of cash. Little, two grand. I only say two grand because stupid Dave Ramsey says one grand and screw him. I say two. <laughs> so take that, Dave. Let's take that, Dave. I'm sure, I'm sure From Dave Tennessee. is, I'm sure Dave, I'm sure Dave is listening going, oh, oh. He does. He, cut, he talks about us all the time. Podcasting from your mom's basement. <laughs> That's right, yo. Uh, not, not from my 50,000 square foot house. You're right. Um, burn. Yeah, because we don't want a 50,000 square foot yeah, house, Dave. Yeah. Because that's just freaking stupid. If I could have a swimming pool inside my house, I'd say no. I'd never want that. Maids you know where water would get everywhere? Be like, it's hard enough to it's hard enough to keep the water outside the, in the pool when it's outside. Maids everywhere taking care of everything. You know, get a little bell, ding, 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 ding. You know, no. and you have to go. Somebody runs to you and goes, "What do you want, sir?" Like that's ridiculous. Make your own cocktail. Think about how my cooking would get worse if I had to cook for yeah. if I had somebody Jeez, else cooking for me all the time. I'd never want to be you know, Dave. Ramsey. I mean, how many days in a row can you have lobster thermidor? <laughs> Surfing. Sometimes you just want a freaking cheeseburger. So take you know? and not bison burger for crying out loud. Doesn't have to be a freaking buffalo. It'd just be a regular cheeseburger from Costco. Yeah, so burn Dave. But no. Take that you and your VR. you and your empire. Yeah. <laughs> Swipe that on your Amex card. <laughs> so many free flights I've had this year, dude. Thank you. Anyway, no cash reserve. Make get a little cash reserve. A little. After that. Just it, aggressively pay all this crap off. Get it done. And you know what? We had Parker Graham from the uh, Your Destiny app on. And seeing how you're using technology right now, the Your Destiny app will walk you through exactly like when to make the right payments. Basically what they do, OG, is you give them the, the, the you hand Destiny the money and then they distribute it on exactly the right day algorithmically. So... If you take the technology you're using now with Albert and with Acorns and move it over to the Your Destiny app, you might be able to go faster that way. I don't know. Check out that if you're interested in uh, technology. We had uh, Parker Graham on a few weeks ago on our Friday FinTech segment. Congrats on getting aggressive on the debt. That's fantastic. Obviously, like we said in the headlines today, you don't want to be don't want to be paying all that money to the man. Thanks for your questions. If you've got a question for the show, head to stackybenjamins.com. And on the top of the page, you'll see questions for the show. Click that link and you'll see the link to the Haven Lifeline. We are getting slightly backed up on questions. And uh, I think we're going to be making a change, OG, but we're not ready to announce anything yet. (laughs) You just throw throw me out there. What's Mm -hmm. that? I see what's happening. What do you mean? Oh, not that change. (laughs) I not know what's change. happening. Not You're that like, change. yeah, so this is what we're doing. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Not that change. I know what change. No, 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 no. There's actually another change that you and I have, Richie and I have been talking about. Oh, cool. Oh, geez. Right. I was the last the other, now. The other voting. Yes. Shareholder. That's right. Oh, geez. Like, what are we doing today? What's going on? 
Uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, stackybenjamins.com. If, if you've got a question for the show, that's the place to go. All right. Before we throw this over to Doug, one last thing. If you're looking for good financial help in your corner, OG and his team are taking on new clients. So if you have thought, you know what? I need to do better. Head to stackybenjamins.com forward slash OG. And that will lead you to he and his team's calendar. And that's how you start that journey. All right. That's going to do it for today. Doug, take it from here, man. What should we have learned? So what did we learn today? First, take some advice from Connie Albers. Whether it's a good friend or your teenager, relationships take time and understanding. By investing in the people around you and your kids, you can see results much quicker than jumping to conclusions. Second, struggling with your taxes? Take advice from Catherine Pomerantz and file an extension. But remember, you still have to pay your taxes on time, so get those dollars to the IRS today. But the big lesson? Now Joe's mom is telling me to remember my stock losses while I'm doing my taxes. Hey, lady, I am not trying to get depressed here remembering the money I lost on stocks. I'm just trying to finish my taxes. Who wants to think about all that money? If only there was a way to include those on my taxes. Huh, that'd be amazing. Special thanks to Connie Albers for joining us today. You'll find her book, Parenting Beyond the Rules, wherever books are sold. Help out the show and support independent booksellers by buying it through Powell's. Use our link, stackingbenjamins.com forward slash Powell's, and they'll send us a thank you for using their service. Thanks also to Catherine Pomerantz from The Bookkeeping Artist for joining us. Catherine just told me that you can write off those stock losses. Amazing! I love this country! Next thing you know, I'll be able to put money in tax-sheltered investment accounts. Wait, what? I can do that too? Oh my God, it's Christmas in April. Happy Tax Day, everybody. This show was created by Joe Salcihai, produced by Richie Rutter-Reese, and engineered by the amazing Steve Stewart. Online, visit us on Twitter at at SBenjamin'sCast or on our Facebook page. I'm Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug, and if you could only know what it really smells like down here. SB Podcasts may receive payment on the show from sponsors and guests in the form of books, giveaway items, discounts, or other remuneration. There's no way you would take advice from these dorks, but like Joe's mom always says, don't take advice from people you don't know. This show is for entertainment purposes only, and before making any financial moves, consult with a real financial advisor. Hey, I was talking to Richie and uh, Richie said, Hey, uh, can I change around my hours for Thursday? So yeah, cool. No problem. If you just want to work more hours on Friday instead. And he said, he said, great. And I said, you know, it's none of my business really 
don't care. Just, you know, curious what you're doing on Thursday. He said, oh, we scored last minute tickets to Hamilton. And I said, oh, that's oh, awesome. Cool. Yeah. He got a great deal. And he said the second that he got his deal, like the rates shot up after that. And he ended up getting, uh, getting a great deal, but apparently one that you can't get today, I guess, according to our producer. So when Hamilton came out in the, it's showing right now in Dallas. I think that's where he's headed. Yeah. He, he and I were talking about it. I think the tickets went on sale in December sometime. And, uh, Hamilton's pretty popular. I mean, it is really popular. I have never heard of this show. So in my, uh, infinite wisdom, I decided that it would be a great idea to arbitrage Hamilton tickets. Now, Ticketmaster was doing this really great thing where you had to be a verified Ticketmaster participant to get tickets. And you could only get one tranche, which is you get four tickets on any one day for one verified consumer. And so I had Mrs. OG sign up. I had my brother sign up as well. And the tickets go on sale at 10 o'clock. We're hammering the button, right? This is like, you're in line. You're in thousandth person in line. You just pick different days. Finally, we got last Saturday's 7.30 p.m. tickets. It's fantastic. Now we got really great seats uh, right in the middle, right on the aisle, two by two, like two, two, two in front, two in back, center, center section, inside a row 20. They were 550 bucks a ticket. I got my four. Then my brother got tickets too. He picked a completely different day. His tickets, 550 bucks for four. Then I got tickets actually coming up uh, next weekend, 550 bucks for four. And in my infinite wisdom, I'm thinking these things are going to sell for like a thousand bucks. We're going to make a ton of money. Cause when I was looking at it, when I was in New York city, you couldn't even get tickets. Yeah. It was sold out. So last weekend I was out of town <laughs> during the Hamilton tickets and uh, my wife calls and goes, Hey, so I guess we're not going to Hamilton tonight. Oh. I'm like, oh, oh yeah, I guess they've been on. Let me check my, let me check my Ticketmaster account because I've had them for sale. Oh yeah. You could buy them on, you could buy them for about a hundred bucks. Oh. So, uh, so there goes, uh, there goes $2,500. Um, you ate them. Like gone, like didn't go, didn't sell them, didn't oh. give them away. Totally forgot the fact that we even had them. Oh, my stomach hurts. <laughs> oh, that's horrible. My brother, luckily enough, got somebody to buy his ticket. So now, we just, now we're left with our four tickets for another $2,500. Uh, and uh, it's great because they're a Sunday. You know, it's a Sunday evening show. It's fantastic. <laughs> we're putting them in the calendar. My wife goes, hey, stupid. That's Easter Sunday. <laughs> You're... <laughs> So it's going to be real simple to find a babysitter freaking Easter Sunday night. <laughs> hee-haw, hee-haw, hee-haw. So this ranks right up there with my, I've got a great stock idea. <laughs> the amount of, the, the amazement for me is how wicked smart you'll be 95% of the time. This was a well-executed strategy. That ended badly. <laughs> to be fair, I did have them all on, on, they were all online for sale at Ticketmaster. We always, we, you know, we had them for sale in the secondary market. I just didn't really, I didn't really go and update the price relative to the current market price. We still had ours listed at, 
you know, a thousand bucks a ticket at, at, <laughs> when when somebody's selling the seat right next right next to it for like one hundred and five for twenty four. Right? Yeah, yeah. Oops. Uh, anyway, did, don't do that, people. I'm surprised you didn't go in at the. You didn't have enough time to go in at the last minute and change it to like fifty or no, seventy five. No, because it, since it was the day of. Yeah, once it got to like within a certain amount of time, I was home. I was traveling for the weekend, but then I got home Sunday afternoon, and uh, and it was like that evening. And which you know, my wife said, "Hey, we've got, what are we gonna do about those handles?" And I'm like, "Oh crap." Anyways, don't do that, folks. Like I've like I've said a thousand times, I try to make every mistake financially possible so that you don't have to. And then tells cautionary tales about them later on the show. <laughs> This reminds me of the time I had Super Bowl tickets. This reminded me whether I was a complete idiot. Yeah. That's great. What what do you think about the 3X Bull uh, Exponential Technology Fund? This reminds me of my Hamilton ticket story. (laughs) Let me spin some yarn here for just a moment. Let me take you back to Christmas Eve 2018. I'll tell you how this doesn't work. That's awesome. Congratulations. Yeah, it's fantastic. Well, stackers, the show might be over, but the celebrations are just beginning because it is Military Appreciation Month that I want to celebrate people like my brother-in-law, Eric, who is such a giving person. Eric will do just anything for you. And as a Marine, you can see that his time in the military taught him to be a guy who gives to his community, gives to his family, and is always there when you need them. This Military Appreciation Month, Navy Federal Credit Union wants to celebrate members like Eric who go above and beyond. Navy Federal offers member-only exclusive rates, discounts, and tools to empower their members and help them reach their goals. Navy Federal's employees are part of the community they serve. Many of them are military family members, reservists, or veterans, and all branches of the military, veterans, DOD employees, and their families are eligible for Navy Federal membership. In fact, there are so many resources on the Navy Federal website, resources like Best Cities After Service to help veterans transition to civilian life and Best Careers for Military Spouses to support military families. Visit NavyFederal.org slash celebrate and you'll see all of their Military Appreciation Month offers and other Navy Federal offers. Navy Federal is insured by NCUA, Equal Housing Lender.